<laughs> Welcome to Heroes in History. I'm Maddie. And I'm Dreema. On this podcast, we're going to discuss mythology and history from across the world. Just as a reminder, there are a lot of variations of these myths, and we're just not going to be able to cover them all, but we'll do our best. Way too fucking many of them. <laughs> Way too fucking many. Um, so, yeah, this is episode three. Sister, queen, what's the difference? So, okay, we're going to be covering two gods in this section. It's going to be a two-parter again. Awesome. Mostly because we're starting off with Hera and Zeus. Considering the fact that this is episode three, it seems like two-parters are our specialty. I mean, honestly, I just, I feel like it fits more with them because... It, a, they're king and queen of the gods, right? So they have a lot of history that's intertwined. And B, I want, I really want to get to the point where I can talk about how they got together, like how they got married and together as a couple since you put me on that. That's a shit show. <laughs> and I feel like I want to introduce people to them as gods first and then have that as like, the, the back end like hey this is where we ended up <laughs> makes sense that's valid so we're starting with Hera and right off the bat I'm gonna go a little bit into like the family tree and where everybody's placed and all that fun stuff um and we've already talked about this but Greek family trees are truly wild and we talked about it a little bit so we used the theogony by Hesiod a lot in the last two episodes, right? I would just like to add in really quickly. Yeah. Uh, Maddie did just turn my mic down. She really said, bitch, you're too loud. <laughs> just, I saw it get into the red and I was like, I don't... You're fine. I just wanted to throw that in there. Continue, please. Okay. Um. So... We were talking about the theogony a lot in the last two episodes. Right. It is a great source. But I also discovered some other ones talking about Hera's placement in, in Oh, yeah. No, there's a hell of a lot of so them. So the theogony has Hestia as the oldest child of Kronos, right? And Hera is like this middle child. First time, right. Yeah. Yeah. And Hera is this the first time. But Hera is this like middle child. And there's actually another source called The Library, and it's by Apollodorus, yep. the grammarian. And he calls himself that. And a lot of people thought that it was Apollodorus of Athens, who was actually a really famous grammarian. Um, but it's not. I just want to know, what is a grammarian? Is that like, you know, I mean, is it like... Like a mathematician, but for it's, grammar? It's kind of like an extra special writer, from what I can find out. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shitting you. Like, actually. I love it. The person who studies and writes about grammar literally is a it grammarian. Is. Yeah. It is. It's literally just a mathematician, but for grammar. Yes. For writing. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the library is actually a Roman, I think uh like based piece it was written or at least it has a lot of like plays and stuff based around the time okay of a roman emperor and it has hera being the middle child as well okay but homer who was active around the same time as hesiod right between about 750 to 650 bce yeah. has hera as the eldest now to, to, i'll get into why i don't believe that in a second i also found 
a philosopher called Lactantius um, that says Hera and Zeus were twins, and actually that Kronos also had a twin named Titan in his book The Divine Institutes. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. But there are so many reasons why I don't trust this source. One, because it wasn't written until about 300 AD. Two, it's by a Christian Roman philosopher. (laughs) In my experience, when a Christian comes in and starts writing about another culture's like mythology or stories, shit gets fucked up. (laughs) Uh, Maybe we should add in a disclaimer here. We are not shitting on Christians. Uh, individual Christians. No, We no. don't give a shit what your faith is. No, absolutely um, not. I grew up Christian. I mean, as did I. Yeah. But. There is also the qualifier. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all acknowledge the fact that Christianity did its best. Who fuck the world? They and just about anyone else that wasn't a Christian in it. Christianity so, did its best. I will leave that there from my, <laughs> my perspective, at least. That's where I'm going to stop. Christianity did its best to change almost anything it encountered to suit its own purposes. Oh, yeah. That's Ab- kind of their whole shtick. Oh, absolutely. But, so yeah, I don't necessarily give this a whole lot of credence i just thought it'd be funny to mention um because it's just weird it's just weird the romans had to have had a thing for twins then they had to like there's you know okay apparently Hera and zeus and then titan and chronos yeah which i've never heard of before and then also rome was founded by romulus and remus yeah yeah no they had a thing for twins i think that rome might have just had like a twin fetish (laughs) (laughs) it it kind of lines up there's kind of it does line up so i would i I just really quick no you're good this is not something that we're even close to yet but there is there are several famous twins in greek mythology that I'm actually really excited to look into from a Roman stance as well as we get further into this podcast because I want to know if they keep it or if they glorify it. Because if so, (laughs) I think that the real thing we've stumbled upon here is Rome's twin fetish. (laughs) We're just going to go down a little rabbit hole trying to find evidence to it, which we've already found not looking. That would be fun, yeah. Just, you know. You know. Two cuties on a couch with theories. <laughs> oh, I love it. That makes me so happy. Episode three, and I'm the one that said it twice. God it, damn it. it. I want you to know that, like everyone listening, I came up with that at a time that had nothing to do with the podcast. No, and it was completely off the wall. Yeah. Just super funny. We were just timing. Talking on the couch and i said it and then we looked at each other all of a sudden and went that's so cute and then you wanted to name the podcast that right i I did kind of want to name the podcast that yeah but i like heroes in history i feel like heroes in history actually lets people (laughs) know what we're talking about (laughs) sorry (laughs) 
But okay, anyways, Hera. <laughs> a little I, bit of a sidetrack there. <laughs> I think Hera being a middle child fits her demeanor so much more. Yeah. Because I don't know how much I'm going to cover on it in this, but there is so there are so many sources that have her described as jealous. She's quick to argue. And honestly, her kind of wanting and needing that person to pay attention to her as middle child syndrome kind of has like inherently could explain why she eventually also goes with zeus in the end like yeah and why she gets so angry over some of the things he does no i get that absolutely i would also just like to point out that as someone who is mildly obsessed and has read and listened to and watched way uh, too many things about Greek mythology. Probably makes it unhealthy at this point. <laughs> Just trying to be honest. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Not necessarily hilarious. I guess I appreciate the fact that you're going with Hera over Zeus oh, next. Yeah. Um Especially considering I, in my opinion, and I can I can back this up pretty well. Yeah. Hera is easily, I would say, the second most controversial yeah. character in all of Greek mythology. Oh, absolutely. The only person she is second to is Medusa. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. We should do an episode on her. I mean, we will. But, Fantastic. Yeah, no, uh, Medusa, then Hera. Easily the two most controversial, at the very least, women. Yeah. But I would say characters in all of Greek mythology. That's fair. Because she's such a she's such a dichotomy. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, okay, we'll get into it more. We'll get into she's it. such yeah. a dichotomy. Again, another tangent. If you yeah. don't like tangents or you want someone to stay on topic, <laughs> this go is find not another podcast. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Um, okay, so we know where Hera kind of is, right? Right. So now Hera's children. I'm going to talk about them a little bit. So she has quite a few children, but honestly, not as many as some of the gods. Um, so she has Hebe. And all of these are by Zeus, correct? Uh, most of them. I'll, I'll let you know if they're not. There are some yeah. different, like, there's some different stories for some of them, too. Yes. So Hebe is the goddess of youth, the cupbearer of the heavenly feast, mm -hmm. and also actually served as an attendant to Aphrodite, which I think is kind of funny because there's another little tidbit of that later. But she was Hera's daughter and was serving as an attendant to Aphrodite. Yeah. Anyways. Also, I think it's really funny that, you know, she pops out, oh, my mother is queen of the gods. Oh, what do I get, mother? Oh, you get to pour my wine yeah, for yeah. eternity. <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's... Elithea, I think, is the way you pronounce it. There's actually two things that I do know about Hebe okay. right off the top of my head, and one of which is she is not actually the cupbearer forever. At least not for Zeus. Yeah. Okay. At some point, Zeus actually gets his own personal cupbearer. Mm -hmm. And she marries a famous hero. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit about that, but I don't want to touch on that quite yeah, yet. That's that's also yeah. why I didn't name drop. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just in case. That was not just in case, but we're nowhere near getting to that, oh, that no. bit of mythology. And there is so much, just in the 
little bit that I sat down and was like going in and finding more about them to give more to Hera's backstory. Absolutely. There's so much that I wanted to mention that I feel like if I tried to, this would be a three hour long episode. Yes. And it's, I'm just doing my best to not go off on a tangent. (laughs) Even more than we already do. That's okay. I'm the one you did. We didn't give a semi-script to this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get ready for an hour and a half long episodes, folks. <laughs> okay, so then there's Ilithia, um, the goddess of childbirth and labor pains. And actually in the Iliad and also some different sources, yes. they say that there's two. There's Ilithia and there one is to further birth and one is to protract birth. Mm-hmm. I have a theory. (laughs) I have a theory that this is actually just because of the mission. She was sent on a mission by Hera. She was sent on a mission by Hera to actually stop Heracles' birth and kill him and his and his mother while he was being born. And she was hiding. Elithia was hiding in the bushes and had like a grasp magically on the birth and was like stopping it from happening. But the handmaidens who were there helping it knew that this was happening and like knew that the goddess was coming. Uh-huh. And so they exclaimed, like, oh, he is born, or something along those lines. And Elithia being so, like, taken aback by that, like, wait, fuck, how did my powers not work? How is he born? Um, Lost her, like, concentration. concentration. It's, it's a like concentration she, yeah, spell. I understand. She failed a concentration, like, role, basically. <laughs> role for concentration. She That's okay. It's okay. She had she got knocked off while she was holding the spell, okay? Gotcha. She took a hit. She took a hit. Lost her concentration. Yeah. I'm new to D and D. I'm she still figuring it out. Save, guys. She failed a deck save. And uh like popped out of the bushes and that loosened her hold and Heracles was able to be born. This is actually not the story I thought you were going to tell me. Ooh, what's the story you thought? There is a second birth that is held in. Can we know? Uh, it's a set of famous twins. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> there is another pregnancy that Hera prevented yeah. using her daughter. Yeah. Um, and I think missions like that, like stories like that, are why they think there are two. Mm-hmm. Why Homer has them listed as two. Because her name literally means she who comes to aid or to relieve. Yeah. And that to me just speaks of like, she is the goddess of childbirth and labor pains, but she also has the power to stop it if she so chooses. Right. Okay. So those two are definitely by Zeus. They are like definitely born by Zeus. Then we get to Ares. He is the god of war, battle lust, courage, and civil order, who, I'm sorry, in my opinion, I don't typically think of being the god of civil order. Oh my god, no. (laughs) But, you know, it's there. Now, he is, most of the time, a child by Zeus. There is a Roman myth, written by Ovid, that has, I think the goddess name was Chloris, but don't quote me on that, because I, I don't have it written down, but... Hera was, she's the goddess of flowers and flora. Mm-hmm. The Roman goddess is, goddess name is literally flora. Gotcha. But she basically told Hera to touch this magical flower. And Hera touching this flower impregnated her with Aries in some myths. <laughs> touch the butt. <laughs> yeah. Hera touched the butt. Hera touched the butt. So... 
Aries is he's Zeus, but like also maybe sometimes not. Then you've got Hephaestus. I just side note, I can never decide whether I love or hate Ovid. I feel that. I haven't That's gotten, gonna be a hot take. But. Yeah. I haven't gotten enough into Ovid, which obviously is gonna change, but I haven't gotten enough into Ovid to decide on whether or not I like him. I'm still going like actively in my read-through of the Metamorphoses, which I feel like is one of his most famous. Me too. It is. It's literally the book you gave me. I know. <laughs> Listen, the reason I gave her this book, (laughs) just for everyone to have a little bit of context, this wasn't even like me being a good friend. (laughs) I mean, you could have chosen to do something else with it. I went and bought myself a copy of The Metamorphoses. It was super pretty cover, like, has like clouds on it, whatever. I get so excited. I come home. I'm reading it one night. I set it on my coffee table. I walk into my, uh, to like this other room, like our game room, where we have a bookshelf. And I see my metamorphoses sitting. And I'm like, am I hallucinating? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I think I left it on a coffee table, didn't I? So I go back in and I look. And that's definitely where I left it. I had already bought a copy of the metamorphoses. And didn't realize that I owned two copies, two identical copies. And so I gave her one. Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm trying to read it. Yeah. So we'll, I'll, I'll give you an update on my uh, uh, please do. Opinion, opinion of all. I also, oh, at risk of decrediting myself. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> I have not finished The Metamorphoses. We are... We so. are not a PhD level oh, podcast. No. I would love to get to that point. That is like a dream to someday get to that point where I have that much like I mean that is research. quite literally what I that will is, have whenever I finish school. Yeah. But. That is the dream. But like at the moment, we're just going through telling funny tales. <laughs> That's true. If you're looking for a podcast to quote on a paper for school, this ain't it. Yeah, please listen to us for fun, for entertainment. For giggles, laughs, shits and giggles, anything really that isn't citing. Yeah, we are not an academic like source. Yeah, it's not that we're not as accurate as possible, because we genuinely will be. We try our hardest to be, but yeah. we do not have the years and years nor degrees to be able to say that we are like the source and the professionals yeah. in any way. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Please, back to Hera. Good, you're good. Um, okay, so Hera. Now we've got Hephaestus. 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 Hephaestus or Hephaestus. Either way. Mm -hmm. Now he is the god of fire, smiths, craftsmen, metalworking, stonemasonry, and sculpture. Oh yeah. He's got a lot going on in his wheelhouse because honestly, he's got a lot of free time. I love Hephaestus. I love him so much. He got done so dirty. Oh, yeah, he did. So he was born by Hera, just Hera, mm-hmm. as revenge and, and like, like uh-huh. a form of payback, kind of, for when Zeus bore a different child of his own. Like, yeah. he, in his body, bore a different child. Hera saw this and went, fuck, I can do that, too. Mostly, yes. Yeah. 
Do you want to add anything? No. <laughs> I'll wait till we get to the Zeus episode. No. Okay. So Hephaestus, just a little like side note, if you don't know, and I'm going to switch between Hephaestus and Hephaestus because I've seen them both ways. Uh, my apologies. You mean like me with Uranus and Uranus? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Hephaestus, as a little side tidbit on him, was actually thrown off of a cliff by Hera because I, he, she was so angry at him. And I can't remember if he was deformed beforehand or if it happened after he was thrown off the cliff as a baby. Um, and now he is definitely deformed. He has got some issues in, in like the areas, all the areas. And he's just real lonely and he's down there just smithing away. Okay, so... Then there is Typhus or Typhon. I've seen it both ways. Okay. Who was a winged storm giant. Okay. I was making sure we were thinking of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Now I know we are. Okay. This one I cannot contain. <laughs> so Typhus was a winged storm giant with the top half of a man, two coiled serpents for eyes, mm -hmm. with a hundred serpent heads for fingers, a, yep. and I cannot stress this enough, filthy matted beard, because every source I looked at just had to put that in. Oh yeah, he's absolutely disgusting. Pointed ears and eyes flashing fire. Yeah. Now, I know of another myth that has to do with Typhus. What's yours? <laughs> so, again, it's not necessarily an alternative myth, uh, but there are renditions <laughs> where uh, Gaia is actually the one who births mm -hmm. Typhus. Um, and the reason she actually does this kind of goes along with the story of another war. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to get through the introduction, at least, of the gods before we got into this okay. war. Okay. Well, then we'll, we we'll will put that on the back. Getting onto it, it's the giant's war. I got you. Yeah. That has to do with the myth I was thinking of. So I'll keep that on the back burner, yes. too. Um, and then, last but not least, the Karis. Now, there are. By Hera, there are three goddesses called the Charis. Yep. There are actually multiple underneath these initial three as well that serve different goddesses, gods. Like, there are some that are the handmaidens of Aphrodite, I believe. Damn, Aphrodite's got a lot of handmaidens. She really does. I mean, she's got a lot going on. She's got a lot to maintain. She's only got two hands. No. <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't even that good, and she's still laughing. I can't help it. Puns are funny. You know, I really hope everyone that listens to this finds me as funny as you do. They gotta. They don't gotta. They gotta. So anyways, the Karis. They're three goddesses. <laughs> yeah, I'm hopping right back in, babe. I'll stay on topic one day, guys. No, you won't. Neither will I. <laughs> so they're three goddesses of grace, beauty, adornment, joy, mirth, festivity, dance, and song. They got a lot to cover. Sounds like a party all wrapped in three. Yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes, like I said, they weren't always the daughters of Zeus and Hera. But 
that is the majority, if not all, because that's all I could find of Hera's children. Um, now that we're done with that web <laughs> of trying to figure out like mythological family trees, Hera's a freaking badass. Yeah. Like, she, yes, she's controversial. Yes, she's got a lot of shit that like probably not okay. Yeah. She's a badass. Yeah, I okay? know. Most people know she's the queen of the gods mm-hmm. and that she's the goddess of marriage. Mm-hmm. She's also the goddess of women mm-hmm. and the sky and stars of heaven. Yeah. I left that out before, mm-hmm. but mainly because. Like, and there were some parts that I found that even before she was married to Zeus, they still attributed her as a goddess of the sky and how she could control the weather and like bring about clouds and stuff. And so she might get the like sky and stars of heaven bit because she's now queen of the gods and married to Zeus. But it was also just inherently already there. It's just the heavens part that's extra special now, I guess. Yes. Um I personally, I know it's controversial. I love Hera. I understand why she's controversial, and I'm not saying that everything she ever does in mythology is justifiable, because, well, it's not. (laughs) I mean, no god has completely justifiable actions. Right, yeah. You're gonna find that out real quick. No god, even some of the most pure and, like, quote-unquote, they all fuck up. They all fuck up. At least once. At least once. They're immortal beings. They are immortal beings. They all gotta fuck up once. They're immortal beings with massive egos. And massive power. They yeah. have the ability to do so much shit. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, moving on to a little bit more about, like, her and what she symbolizes. Yes, please. So, her sacred plant is the pomegranate. Mm-hmm. I find this funny because of the later myths with Persephone. Um, yeah. it ha- the pomegranate has a lot to do with Persephone's like story, but it's also funny because the pomegranate is actually looked at, if I remember correctly, as like a signification of women. Mm-hmm. And that's just so cool. In ancient medicine, the pomegranate was also simultaneously used as a fertility medication mm-hmm. and a birth control. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's the difference between, like, the seeds and the juice? I don't Hide? know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Can you even eat the outside of a pomegranate? I have no idea. I wouldn't recommend it. It doesn't look yummy. Maybe they just use them as really stiff condoms. <laughs> like, they just scoop out the seeds and they just slap them on there. Oh, that can't be comfortable. I mean, no. That's why I call oh, them stiff condoms. Oh, God. They didn't have a lot of options back then. It's not like they had latex. <laughs> I really never want to have to imagine a pomegranate as a condom. I never wanted that in my life. Yeah. Here we are. This podcast is doing that to me a lot. You know, I mean, really gives a... Don't you dare. A whole new meaning to the seed and the fruit. <laughs> I know that's not a phrase. But there's seed inside that fruit. (laughs) There definitely is now, too. Oh, God. That is not where I thought you were going. I was thankful for a second, and then it just went downhill from there. And the worst part is, I... The part that I feel like invalidates this theory the most is that there's nothing born from these. They can't be using the pomegranate shells as condoms, because... 
gods reproduce with everything. Yeah. They've, I mean, if they, if they like, they left their seed where the pomegranate seeds used to be. There's something sprouting out something of that Something sprouting out of that pomegranate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So moving on to her sacred animals, which I'm going to be focusing on probably for the rest of the episode. Because okay. you'll see why. Her sacred animals were the cow or the heifer, and, like to be specific, the yep. female cow, a lion, a cuckoo, and probably the most known is the peacock. What? Why are you laughing at me? You said cuckoo and it made, it made the phrase cuckoo for Zeus's pups pop into my head. <laughs> I kind of want to make a picture now with <laughs> Zeus on the box of Cocoa Puffs. And it's cuckoo. Better yet, it needs to be Hera on the box. As, oh the, as, like, the bird. Mm -hmm. And Zeus needs to be bathing in the bowl. Mm. Like, cuckoo for Zeus's puffs. <laughs> like, he needs to be, like, laid back, like, hot tub-style lounging. Yeah, splayed in the bowl. Splayed the word? I think splayed is the word. I think splayed's a word. We're going with it. Now, most of these sacred animals of hers actually have a myth behind them as to why they're associated with her right i think is really interesting i'm not sure i can't remember for sure if it's the same way for all the gods or goddesses but for her almost all of them have a myth behind them usually i do think all of them do um so i'm gonna save the cuckoo for last actually I'm going to put it in maybe the next episode with Zeus because I kind of want to introduce people to Hera and Zeus first and then tell the story of how they came together. Okay. I think that'd be a nice way to wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start with a cow. If you don't know by now, you probably should. With Zeus and Hera being married, Zeus had a wandering dick. Okay. He could not contain it. Now, during one of these episodes, you can call it, of his, he fell in love with a princess named Io. Now, this princess was also actually a naiad nymph. Yep. And there are a lot of different types of naiad nymphs. Um, they can be over, like, specific regions or domains. But in general, they were kind of the nymphs of freshwater areas. So rivers, streams, lakes, marshes, fountains, and springs. Yep. All freaking types of water. So one day, Zeus and Io, they were doing the dirty. Some myths have them doing it under a tree. Some myths don't necessarily specify. I think it makes more sense if they were doing the dirty outside. But anyways, they were doing it. And Hera is suddenly there. And Hera is not a forgiving goddess. No, she's not. She is usually described... Like I said, is jealous, quick to argue, quick to anger. Yep. She's also the goddess of marriage, so, like, this is going to piss her the fuck off. Infidelity? Yeah. Why? Sometimes, Don't answer that. Sometimes she's described as the goddess of marriage. Sometimes she's described as the goddess of holy matrimony. Okay. Now that... That's a Christian Roman writer. Fucking Christian Roman writer. But, like, still. So... Zeus, knowing that shit is about to go down, he turns this beautiful woman, woman that he was making love to. Yep. 
into a cow. I know! A white heifer, to be exact. Yeah. A freaking cow. Hera is not dumb, though. No. So she sees this and she's like, I know what was going on. But sure, I'll let you play this out. I want that cow. That is my animal. <laughs> Give me my cow. Um, so she <laughs> walks up and she's like, Zeus, honey, a gift of my sacred animal for me? Oh, you shouldn't have. As she's just trailing her hand to his throat yeah just like you shouldn't have i'll fucking kill you <laughs> so zeus has turned her into a cow hera asked for it as a gift highly suspecting if not for sure knowing that this is not just a cow so hera i mean i guess for zeus it wouldn't be out of character and if you if you're listening to this podcast and you know nothing about Greek mythology, I will repeat, it would not be unusual for Zeus for this to be a cow. That's fair. He could still do the dirty with a cow. It's just unlikely. Yeah. It, it is more likely that the cow was something else first. If you were attractive in any way, shape, or form in ancient Greece, you had like an 85% chance of being abducted or raped by Zeus. Yeah. And we're saying anyway. Yeah. We're not limiting that to humans. No. No. So anyways, <laughs> Hera sends this cow away and assigns it a guard, Argos. Or I think the full name is like Argos Panoptes. Yeah, it is. Or Panopti. I've only ever actually heard him in more casual settings yeah. referred to as Argos. Yeah. And or they have normally shortened it because that is a ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Argos. Argos. <laughs> so Argos is a hundred-headed giant. Yep. He was totally qualified to guard this fucking cow. A hundred-headed giant just standing over a cow. I need to stop saying yep so much, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, how many heads did he have again? One hundred. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Uh <laughs> So Zeus sends, after a little bit, Zeus sends Hermes to slay the guard and free Io. Hermes does this by lulling the guard to sleep with his music, and he does, in fact, kill Argos. Yep. Oh, this actually also ties into the peacock, because Hera then honors Argos by- So morbid! It's so morbid, but so cute. Hera actually honors Argos by placing a hundred eyes in the feather, the tail feathers of her sacred animal, the peacock. They're supposed to be his eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which doesn't really make sense, because if he had a hundred heads, he would have two hundred eyes. But I, I get it. Sometimes the math doesn't yeah. math. I'm not good at math so i get it it works out it's a hundred eyes we'll I give it to you hera yeah so after argos is slain my girl is bad at math what can i say <laughs> after argos is slain hera gets revenge she's like i'm not gonna take this line down mm. she sends a gadfly after io and gadflies are specifically like their whole life's purpose is to sting livestock yes that's all they do so the constant bites actually kind of drive io insane she goes a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's not even Zeus's puff Not at this even point. Zeus's puff. She doesn't care. She's out of it. So she actually ends up wandering all the way to fucking Egypt. And finally, when she gets to Egypt, Zeus can get to her 
and turn her back to her original form. And by this, she makes it there as a cow. She makes it there as a cow. Isn't there like a sea in between? The I don't fucking know. But somehow this this cow that is losing its mind. Maybe she went the long way. I don't fucking know, man. This cow that's losing its mind, getting constantly stung by a fly, somehow makes it to Egypt. Is this where mad cow disease really started? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking funny. I mean, not really, but like... Mad cow disease is actually only in cows that used to be people and or nymphs that were turned into cows by (laughs) Zeus and have been harassed by gadflies from Hera. You heard it here, folks. The government's lying to you. (laughs) If you're not a nymph or a person that was turned into a cow, you have nothing to worry about. Exactly. Yeah. Don't piss off any gods. (laughs) We, we say this all the time. We're not joking. Okay, so when Zeus restores her, just a side note, but when Zeus restores her into her original form, she actually gives birth to a son by Zeus. A Paphos. Mm-hmm. I find it fucking wild. Was that baby also turned into a calf? Gods, I hope so. <laughs> and then it turned back into it like a person? See, this this is where we should be getting things other there was more than one instance in greek mythology where we should be having human hybrid babies yes and i just don't understand either this woman had a calf in her as she was a cow and it turned back into a baby which is weird but like it makes sense i guess with the fact that zeus can turn her into a cow and back yeah or she was a cow with a human baby inside uh-huh. her, and that's just a little too much for me to dwell on. Yeah, I'm yeah. not doing that. We'll move past that. Yeah. We'll go on to her symbol of the lion. This one's a little quicker. Um, There's not too much actually associated with, like, a hero or, like, something going on with a lion. It is in... It is most likely associated with the Nemean lion, mm-hmm. which I think it's actually said in the Theogony... Hera trained this lion and actually was the one to originally place it in the hills of Nemea. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying that right. Probably. If you're not familiar with it. If not, someone will possibly <laughs> correct you. You know what? I'm here for it. Let me know. If you're not familiar with the Nemean lion, it is the lion whose hide was impervious to weapons. I'm not familiar with the Nemean lion. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was me being an asshole. Please continue. So, we'll talk about it a little more later as well. Heracles is going to have a long fucking episode because the Nemean lion comes into play with him as well. I think it's cute that you think that the Heracles series will be one episode. Oh, I know it won't. I know it won't. We're That man has a long life. Mm-hmm. He goes to a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, And it is also said that the lion is actually what the Leo constellation is based off of because Hera placed the constellation in the sky once again to honor the lion. There is actually a myth behind every constellation that represents a zodiac sign. Yeah. And if that is something that anyone is interested in... Mm-hmm. I would be down for totally doing a 
an episode at one point where we actually go just through. knock them all out of the park. Yeah, that'd be fun. Uh-huh. So that's actually where I'm going to stop for today because that covered most of her like sacred animals, plants. It gave us a little bit about what Hera is made of, what she's based off of, what she's like. And I'm going to look so forward to the next episode where we're going to be covering Zeus, a little bit of what he's about, who he is, um, and then how he convinced Hera to marry him. Ooh. It's so dastardly. Yeah. So we're... It's horrible. <laughs> well, and I hate it. <laughs> we'll have a little rundown of his escapades. So that's it for today. Join us for the next episode where we'll be covering Zeus. If you like what we're doing so far, please leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Also, please do not forget we do have social media. So please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Heroes and History Pod and on Twitter at Hero History Pod because Twitter hates me with its character count. We do post pics to go along with episodes. We post sneak peeks sometimes. And we really want to get into having like some fun polls and just kind of stuff you guys can interact with and participate in. So make sure to check us out there. Thanks for listening, guys. And like we always say, don't piss off any gods. 